What's up, friends? And welcome back to another episode of To The Men After Me podcast. I'm your host, Nico Williams. This is the audio letter to the men, to the boys that will become men in the generations that follow. Hey, this is episode four. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, would you give me a favor of leaving uh, a review, leaving a couple of stars, a couple of lines about what you think, think about the podcast? It would re- really help us. It would really help me um, because, you know, I'm on a quest. I'm on a journey to help shape some minds for the next generation but also i want to make jesus famous and so this is one of the ways that it will help to make jesus famous because when you leave a review it throws it in some kind of algorithm something on the podcast apps where it suggests it to other people who like similar podcasts so man if you would that would be great if you don't care about doing that that's also fine because that's also fine but anyway today in particular we're asking the question of who has your ears who has your ears? Reason why I want to ask that question uh, is because whoever has your ears has your mind. And whoever has your mind has your heart. Whoever has your heart therefore has your actions. What do I mean by this? Whoever you're listening to, really when I say ears, and I, uh, when I say whoever has your ears, I'm not talking about the people who in your family who have ears that look like yours. When I'm talking about whoever who has your ears, I'm, I'm asking who are you listening to? Who are you paying the most attention to? And really, when we say ears, we could also mean eyes. When I talk about ears and eyes, I'm talking about uh, who, what, who, or what are you are you taking information in from? So, who has your ears? Who's whose voice are you listening to the most? Because whoever has your ears has your mind because usually what happens is if you pay a lot of attention to a person and what they say then you probably are thinking about what they've said to you a lot a lot and and whoever has your mind probably also has your heart because whatever you're thinking about it shapes what you feel how you feel it shapes your emotions sometimes some people are vice versa uh, what you feel what you feel and your emotions shape how you think. But we're going to put those in a similar category. And whoever has your mind, whoever has your our heart also has your actions. Like kind of using this line of thinking, we can trace most of your actions back to who in the world or what in the world has your ears, has your attention. I mean, and again, this goes further than what you're what you're hearing. It also goes down to what you're watching and uh, the books that you're reading or the movies that you're watching or enjoy. All of these things shape us in a way that we really got to be aware of. Another way to kind of get at the same idea is like saying, the person or people you pay the most attention to, they own the real estate of your soul. We just got to sit with that for a second. Whoever we pay the most attention to owns the real estate of our soul. And so we need to be careful about, man, who has our ears. So I wanted to I want to talk about man how do you know how do you know who has your ears here here are a few ways you you can tell if somebody has your ears you find yourself trying to uh, please this person you know that they probably have your ears you just you found a lot of your your time trying to please and impress a, a person in particular it sometimes is an well okay I'll say it like this you find yourself trying to please or or impress this person. Um, Another way that you can tell if somebody has your ears is if you, when you're making a decision, you either run it by them or you ask them about it afterwards. That's how you, that's one way you can tell somebody has your ears. Another way you can tell 
if they have your ears is if you can hear their voice in the back of your head just kind of like generally like you generally know what this person will think or say about whatever action or even just life happenings that person probably has your ears then the last way or the way that you can tell the most the thing that's most evident i think is the person whose opinion you value the most they'll have the greatest impact on you now let me give a caveat okay i think the way that we even hear it like this when when i talk about it this way i think that there can be a negative connotation that if somebody has your ears this is a bad thing it can be a bad thing but it doesn't have to be a bad thing it can be but it doesn't have to be we're so i'm gonna give you some example my wife has my ears my wife mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is a good thing because we're one flesh men boys men we're gonna become boys who are gonna become men this is gonna be important your wife your wife needs to have your ears your wife needs to have your ears okay in a healthy way we are one flesh and so uh a lot of what i do will affect her and a lot of what she does will affect me this is healthy for her to have my ears in a healthy way my wife has my ears so um i can often hear how i think she will respond to certain things that go on in my life or the things that i do or say why because because i know her she knows me it's good that that she has my ears yeah it's good that she has my ears um another example of a good person that has my ears is my dad has my ears my dad it's been really cool i've been fortunate enough to have a dad that is not only present in my life but he's been loving and and there and emotionally available and so it's been really cool because over the past couple of years in my adult life kind of even as i got into college graduated college they said he said he sat me down one time and was like hey our relationship is changing and i want you to know that i'm i'm less of a parent and more of a uh a, a mentor figure come to me for advice I, it was almost as if he was telling me i'm not gonna tell you what to do anymore i can i can help you think through things anyway my dad has my ears because i really value his opinion and I, if I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to go to him. I'm going to ask him what he thinks. I, if I've made a decision, I'm going to talk to him about or I've create, done an action. I'm going to talk about that action with him. I think that's important. Now, he's not going to make the decision for me. And if my dad disagrees with me, it's not going to be the end of the world. If he disagrees with the decision that I've made, it's not going to be the end of the world. But he definitely has my ears. I, I know this because I can hear his voice in the back of my head. A lot of the times, man. One of the things that he always used to say when I was growing up was, don't do a half job. So now, whenever I'm doing any task or activity, I can basically hear my dad's voice saying, don't do a half job. Do it right the first time. And you know what? That has set me apart from many, many people in my life, in my professional career, in my academic career. Don't do a half job. So that's just a little tidbit, a little nugget from my father, Eddie. Anyway. Um, another example of someone who has my ears is my community, my close friends, my community. Um, some of my close friends, the people that I share sin struggles with, the people that I share my emotions with, they have my ears. Why? Because I believe that they have my best interests at heart. I believe that uh, they are trustworthy. They're going to catch my blind spots. And I found this community mostly because of the church that I attended and or 
we connected on um, some spiritual or emotional levels. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk about um, getting into like determining if the person is right or wrong and who has your ears. But uh, just a few more examples of people who have my ears. Um, KB and Amin from the Southside Rabbi Podcast they have my ears. Like I really I care I don't know them personally, but I care about how they think through things. Again, they're not going to make decisions for me. They're not going to uh, make something be true. Like if they said it, it's just true. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that at all. But I am going to listen to them to see how they are thinking about things. I'm, I'm giving them my ears in that way to help me process through some things. But it's not, it's not going to, I wouldn't say that it's in an unhealthy way. Again, again, I'm, I'm trying to make it clear. It's not wrong for someone to have your ears. But the question that you got to ask, ask and answer is, who has your ears? And then if they do, does this person have sacrificial love for you or, they, or do they have self, selfish lust for you? Okay, Sacrificial love means that they seek your best in, interest even when it may, may inconvenience them. That's, that's sacrificial love. Now, selfish lust, we, we often use the word lust in a sexual way, but I kind of just, I, I used it for the alliteration. But in this case, uh, it means uh, that the person has a, a deceitful desire for for you. So it's a selfish lust. It's like, man, they just want from you whatever is best for them. And so you, you, you know that this person is probably, they have your ears and it's probably not good for you if they are... Uh, encouraging you to do something that you know is wrong and you actually kind of follow through. You know that a person has uh, selfish lust for you and they have your ears if, man, it's always about them and they're they're pushing you and challenging you to do something that goes against Scripture, goes against what God is saying. That's, that's, that's selfish lust. So, man, here's some examples. Here's some examples of the kinds of people who probably have your ears. Kinds of people who probably have your ears. Your parents, they um, were very formational in your upbringing if they were present. Okay, if they were present at all, whatever they said about you probably shaped you in a way that um, takes years and years to to look into and uh and digest and to work through because sometimes it's good sometimes it's, it's not great what what your parents have said to you but your parents probably have your ears your teachers probably teachers and mentors probably have your ears significant others probably have your ears and and this is uh, this is especially if you are a young man i would even say you're 12 to 18 to 22 not married maybe even married Whatever. This is this is someone who can have your ears in a dangerous way. Especially when you are just getting to know them and you're like, you know, when you like somebody, you're trying to convince them that you are worthy of being liked. So what you try to do, you try to impress them. And you think of all the ways that you can impress them. And so um, they might say, I like I like guys who are strong. So what you about to do? You about to go to the gym, even though you don't know how to be in the gym, okay? They say, "Oh, I like guys who um, are in touch with their feelings." So what they what you do is you go and you get in touch with your feelings, even though you don't really know how to do that. You know, this is this is where it can really be dangerous. Is what I'm trying to say. This is where it can really be dangerous uh, for significant others to have your your ears in that way. 
Again, it doesn't always have to be wrong, but uh, just be cautious. Friends can have your ears in that way. Now, this is this is probably one of the this next example is the most dangerous. It is the most dangerous kind of person or thing that has your ears. And I'm going to tell you, it's the media, social media, movies, television. Man, the reason why is because it's this collection of people that you barely know and they have condemned what is right and what is wrong. And, and they have your ears and they, and they control the way you think. Social media will, will 100% control the way you think. Not only will it control the way you think, but it will control how you feel. And then that will control what you do. And it's really, it's really sad when you see it. Man, I'll give you an example. This one is crazy. This guy named Nico Cado Avocado. I just saw an article about this. I haven't even seen it. He's on YouTube. He started out as a as a vegan or vegetarian, and there's this kind of brand on um, YouTube called Mukbang. I, I don't know exactly all of the details here, but he was a vegan vegetarian, weighed about 150 pounds, and then he ate some meat for the first time or something, and he, YouTube, he got a lot of views, and he got a lot of clout, and so he just kept eating, and my man is 350 pounds now why because he is searching for uh, notoriety he's searching for acclaim on youtube why because he has allowed the viewers the views to have his ears and they have control his actions and it's gonna kill him he's 350 pounds now because he's allowed someone a collection of people who he barely knows to control his actions they definitely have his ears and he, they've never talked to him a day in their, in their lives. That's that's crazy. <sighs> okay, you probably you probably were thinking to yourself, Nico, of all the people who has your ears, you didn't mention the most important one. And then you're right, because I was saving that, because I had to I had to I had to save it for the for the right part in this in this podcast. Okay, the one person who ought to have your ears first and foremost is God alone. If God has your ears, if God Himself has your ears. And God has your ears, then he has your mind. And if God has your mind, he has your heart. And if God has your heart, he has your actions. Man, if God has all of you from ears to actions, then you will be less susceptible to other people having your ears in an unhealthy way. Okay? God. And so, man, here, he, so if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, man, uh, the wrong people have my ears. Or even... Some of the right people have my ears, but God is not first. The question is, you're, you're probably asking, well, how do I take my ears back? Here, here are a few examples or ways that you can take your ears back. Number one, you need to first make the commitment uh, to, to, to give your ears, your mind, your heart, and actions back to God. That's it. Make the commitment to, to, to give your ears and your heart and your mind and your actions back to God. Just like make a decision. I'm going to do it. The second way that you can take your ears back from people who don't need them is spend more time hearing from God than anyone else because his opinions are worth the most anyway. Here are a few ways you can uh, hear from God is get in his get in his word in the morning. Get in his just make a habit of waking up. I really would suggest waking up and getting in the word first thing because then he would be the first thing in your that you give your ears to. Um Hide his word in your heart by scripture memorization. I'll get into that in just a second. Listen to scripture. Listen to people preach his word. Read the books about God and godly principles. 
those are some of the ways to like first first and foremost commit your ears back to God. So so once you your ears belong to God, then you can process everything that everyone else is saying through what God is saying because God now has your mind because you gave him your ears. You can process all these things back to what God is saying. And then um, the last thing I'll say is hide your word, hide God's word in your heart through scripture memory. Okay. Hide your word, hide God's word in your heart through scripture memory. It's really, it's, it's hard to get on the, on the bus of scripture memory. But once you, you, you get it, once like you make a commitment to memorize scripture once every week, well, that's what I do. I memorize one scripture every week. When someone has my ears, maybe in an unhealthy way or in a healthy way, says something that like goes against what God is saying, it's already in my heart. It's already in my mind. So that when somebody says something that goes against what God is, I already can bring it up because God's word has been hidden in my heart. I can com- combat what other people are saying when it's in a healthy way, unhealthy way, because I already have God's word in my heart. It's, it's hidden in my heart. So, man, y'all, those are just a few ways to think about how to take your ears back. You want to commit it back to God. And y'all know I'm about to go ahead and do my transition into getting in the word of God because, y'all, God's word is ultimately what's going to change us. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 35 and through 40. And I know what you think. You think, Nico, we were, we were in the book of Luke we were we i am in the book of luke but every week me and my wife we get together once a week and we do some quiet time together because we're one flesh i would really suggest that just for married couples and not for significant others dating fiance i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest that but if you if you want to know more about that you can ask me anyway so we study once a week and uh, we're studying acts we, we've been walking through the book of acts together so y'all let's get into the word of god because god's word um, I'm praying will challenge us, change us, and rearrange us. So here we go. Acts chapter 16, verse 35 through 40. It says this. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. When Paul said to them, Oh, excuse me, I lost my place. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly uncondemned men who are roman citizens and have thrown us into prison and do they now throw us out secretly no let them come themselves and take us out the police reported these words to the magistrates and they were afraid when they heard that they were roman citizens so they came and apologized to them and took them and asked them to leave the city so they went out of the prison and visited lydia and when they seen the brothers they encouraged them and departed okay so let me talk about the context what is going on i kind of just dropped you in the middle of um, me and my wife's study what's happened in the book of acts so paul and his boy silas they was in uh philippi they were in philippi and there was this girl who had like um she had some kind of demon, and so she was able to, like, see spiritual truths. And so she was like, this guy, these people, they they represent God. And Paul got tired of it, and so he cast the demon out of her. And the person who, like, was the owner because she was a slave, the little girl was a slave, uh, got mad that, that Paul took away his opportunity to make money. So he – it's a long story, but Paul, this guy who owned this girl, ends up um, inciting this – violence against Paul and Silas and he was um, they were beaten and they were jailed by these magistrates 
And kind of prior to where we're picking up in the story, God himself came and opened up the prison gates, the prison doors, and let Paul and Silas free. And the jailer was about to kill himself. And Paul was like, no, 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 don't do that. And the jailer was like, what should I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas was like, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he goes to their home, his home, and their whole family gets saved, and they get baptized. And that's where we pick up in the story. Okay, that's a lot of context, but... It's, it's very crucial and key for you to understand why I felt like this piece of text was so impactful for me. So verse 35 says, when it was day, the magistrates sent the police saying, let these men go. Reason why this is significant is because the Lord himself has freed Paul and Silas from jail by an earthquake. Okay. The Lord did this in mid at midnight and Paul and Silas left the prison and he went to the jailer's house to share the gospel with his family and to baptize them. But here in verse 35, it says, when it was day, the magistrates came to them and said, let these men go. That tells me Paul and Silas were free walking about Philippi. And then they submitted themselves back into jail. That's crazy. They went back to jail. I'm going to tell you why I think this is the case. I think they went back to jail because... They cared enough about this Philippian jailer's life. They're, he's now a brother in Christ. And so if they had been walking and being free, it would have came down on this Philippian jailer. And Paul and Silas didn't want to do this because he's now a brother in Christ. So they go back to jail. <laughs> They're free, but they go back to jail. They submit themselves back into jail. And the magistrates send the police saying, let these men go. That's verse 35. 36 says the jailer reported to Paul saying the magistrates sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. That is easy enough to observe. That's exactly what it means. And then verse 37, this, get this. Verse 37, Paul said to them, they have beaten us publicly, uncondemned, men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? Paul says, no. Let them come themselves and throw us out and take us out. Paul is livid because these magistrates want to come and release Paul and Silas, even though God himself has already released them. They want to do it secretly. But Paul is like, y'all have publicly beaten us. Y'all publicly beaten us. Y'all threw us in jail, even though you knew we didn't do anything illegal. And now and, and we are Roman citizens. Y'all need to come and publicly let us out. Now, this goes against what people think of as cultural Christians, okay? Because people who, are who look in on cultural Christianity are like, yeah, Christians are forgiving. They love, they love people. They let things go because they're forgiving. Like, turn the other cheek, you know? I mean, Jesus does say turn the other cheek, but Paul here, Paul is not on that at all. He's like, Y'all publicly beat us. Y'all publicly put us in jail. Y'all need to come and publicly release us. In order to say to the community, you were wrong. Christians, we have a, a right to hold others accountable when someone wrongs us. We have the example from scripture. When someone wrongs us, we can hold them accountable to their wrongdoing. It doesn't mean that we don't love them. It doesn't mean that we are not going to show them uh, the love of Christ, but we have an example here from Scripture where if somebody wrongs us, we can hold them accountable to what they've done. So that's what Paul says. He says, "Come, tell them, come and let us out because we Roman citizens. 
Check this out. Verse 38. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. The reason why this is kind of key is because they recognized that they were in the wrong. The magistrates recognized that they were in the wrong. So they came, they recognized that they were wrong, and then they apologized to them. Again, they held them accountable. And so they went out of prison and they visited Lydia. Lydia is another person who uh, got saved in the book of in the, the town of Philippi. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. Y'all, I, me and Candace were reading this, and I was just like, woof. Like, it just hit me. Like, and I'm about to get, I'm about to get a little bit controversial slash political here. So go ahead and buckle up. Here we have an example of police brutality. In the Bible, we have an example of unjust police brutality. Paul and Silas were unjustly beaten. They were unjustly jailed. And they were, and the people around them knew it. Paul knew it. The police and the magistrates knew it. That's why they were afraid. And it, you know, as a young black man, we think about, as me being a black man, when I hear about all of the, the people who died at the hands of police unjustly. Yeah, these, are, these are the people that I'm thinking about when I read this. Brown Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery. These are the people I'm thinking about when they are unjustly killed at the hands of police. Ahmaud Arbery wasn't killed by police at that time. But you guys get the, the point that I'm trying to make. Like, some people are going to be like, don't bring all of that into church. Man. God has brought, because of the gospel, God has brought the gospel into all of that. He's brought the gospel. The gospel, his word affects all, even down to police brutality. I'm on my soapbox at this point, y'all. But, man, it was just one of those moments where it was like, man, God has something to say about everything that we see in our world, specifically injustice. Okay, so now I want to get into the four questions that I always ask after I make the observation. What is the main idea of this text? The main idea of this text is I would say that Paul holds uh, the authorities accountable to their wrongdoing. Paul holds authorities accountable for their wrongdoing. I'd say that the purpose for the church or the purpose for God's people is that, man, we have an example in which we can hold other people accountable to their wrongdoing against us. We can be Christ-like, we can be loving, but we can still hold people accountable. Now the question is, what's the gospel connection? Y'all, when I talk about what the gospel connection is, the Lord is uh, weaving a grand narrative, a redemptive narrative to save those whom he loves. That's That's what the gospel is. God is moving in a way on our behalf to save those whom he loves. Some people will explain it as the gospel is Jesus in my place. The pinnacle of the gospel being Jesus dying on the cross and rising again for sinners so that, so that we might have life. That That's the pinnacle. But like, you're not always going to be able to see Jesus dying on the cross or whatever in every text. And so kind of a broader way to think about it is what is God doing redemptively? How is he weaving a story to save the people that he loves on our behalf. So what's the gospel connection? I would say it. Um, Paul and Silas remind me of Jesus in that he too 
was unjustly beaten, mocked, scorned, and even killed. It was unjust. Jesus died at the hands of, of unjust authority figures. This is the gospel connection. And why does Jesus do this? So that he could save those whom he loved. Finally, what is the gospel application? How does this text rightly motivate me to live a godly life? It shows me that we as believers, we have a, an ability to recognize injustice and to pray for justice and to live it out, to fight for justice on behalf of other people because Jesus was willing to go through this for us so that we might we might not get the justice. Okay, this is this is gospel here. Because of Jesus, Jesus accepted what would have been justice for us so that we could get grace and mercy. Jesus did that on our behalf. Okay. So can we be the kind of people that fight for justice because we received it when we didn't deserve it? Can we be the kinds of people that fight for justice for others? God's word is good. I'm sorry that this episode took so long, but hey, God's word is good, and um, I, I'm not sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. No, uh, I hope y'all enjoyed this this episode of To the Man After Me podcast. Like I said earlier, if you could leave a comment or a review, that would be very helpful to what we're trying to do. And I will see y'all next time. Peace.